0: Appreciate that, Aaron. Take your Bibles tonight, if you would, and turn with me to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. We're not going to be staying there. We're going to be looking at several different verses tonight. But we're going to uh, jump off into the message this this evening from Psalm 91. Psalm 91, and we'll read verse 1 and then uh, get right into the message here tonight. Let's all stand together psalm 91 and verse 1 and let's do this let's let's uh uh, recite it together and say it together uh, out loud in unison psalm 91 and verse 1 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty let's bow our heads for prayer father i am so thankful for the salvation that i have and that our folks have that have trusted Christ as Savior in Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, without, without you, we would not have that salvation. Without you, we would not have that forgiveness. And uh, Lord, because of that, you've put a song in our hearts. You've put praise on our lips. Uh, Lord, uh, we have hope. We have something to look forward to. We have strength that is not our own. And we're thankful for all those things. Uh, God, tonight I pray that as we take a look at an extremely important uh, area of our life that we need to be working on on a continual basis. Uh, Lord, we can't really ever, ever stop doing this thing that we're going to be looking at t- this evening. It's, it's something, Lord, that is, is vital to the rest of our Christian life and walk. We, we do ask God that you guide and direct uh, my words, my thoughts. Uh, Lord, speak to our hearts tonight. Help us to, to uh, see how important and to determine in our lives, in our hearts and minds, even this evening, that uh, we will do this thing on a regular basis so that we can have a, have a heart and a life and a mind that uh, is attuned to serving our God bless this time together in, in your book. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Chapter 91 of the book of Psalms, verse 1, is a, it's, it's a favorite verse of a lot of folks. Uh, I believe it was uh, Dave Corey who said that, uh, Dave Corey Sr. who said that, that this is one of his, I think he said his father's favorite verse. It's a lot of people's favorite verse. I remember years ago we had an evangelist come through here. He'd been, a, he'd been a youth pastor, he'd been a pastor, he'd been an evangelist, and his name was Harry Jackson. And Brother Jackson, pre- and we're talking quite a while ago, many, many moons. Uh, and he preached a message. I don't remember the outline. I don't remember uh, any of necessarily the particulars. I just remember that he preached on Psalm 91 and verse 1 and how to dwell in that secret place and uh, how why it was so important to have your heart attuned to the things of God. And it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High I shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the question is, how do you get there? How do you get to that secret place? Uh, How do you get to that point where you're you're dwelling continually with the Lord? Well, take your Bibles and turn with me over to the book of Revelation. We're in the middle of the book. Let's go to the back of the book. Revelation chapter 2. In Revelation chapter two, chapters two and three, uh, God addresses the, the seven churches in Asia, and uh, He speaks to each one of those churches personally. Talks about their strengths, talks about their weaknesses. But there's one thing that that uh, he, one phrase that he repeats. Uh, as he's speaking to the churches, and he repeats this phrase over and over and over again, in fact, seven different times uh, in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3. Look with me at the end of chapter 2, and in verse 29, says, "...he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches." Now he says, "If he that hath an ear, well, I got two of them, how about you? You know we've <laughs> we've we've all got ears, but that isn't what he's talking about. He's not talking about these things. He's talking about our hearts. He's talking about about, about opening ourselves and actually listening to and doing something about what he has said and addressed to each one of the seven churches. What is it that causes us to have an ear to hear? What is it that causes us to be able to dwell in that secret place with God? Um, Think about this. When when, uh, Philip was uh, over in Acts chapter 8, Philip was involved in Uh, the work of God in the city, and God called him out of the city and said, I want you to go to a desert. Well, he did what God told him to do. He went to the desert. When he got to that desert, God pointed out to him an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot, and he said, go join yourself unto that man. Well, he followed the prompting of the Spirit of God the leading of the spirit of god went to that ethiopian that ethiopian he was able to witness to and he had a a portion of scripture there uh, from the book of isaiah and he preached unto him jesus and the bottom line the the end of the the rest of the story as paul harvey used to say uh, is that uh, uh, that man bowed his head and and believed on christ that day trusted him as savior Uh, philip baptized him and he he took off. Now, here's the question: uh, what gave Philip the ear to hear the Spirit of God? What gave the Ethiopian the ear to hear the gospel and to trust Christ as Savior? The truth of the matter is, there, there's been millions of people, not 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 hundreds and not thousands, millions and millions of people that have been witnessed to that just like the ethiopian eunuch was, list, was witnessed was witness to that never did trust christ as savior there are people that you've witnessed to the people that i've witnessed to that uh, have never bowed their head and trusted him as savior never bowed their heart and trusted him as savior uh, what what caused the ethiopian to do that what caused philip to uh, listen to the Spirit of God. Why is it, and whether it be salvation or whether it be issues in the Christian life, why is it that some people get it, hear it, do something about it, and other people don't? I believe that the key is our heart. The key is our heart. <clears> the <throat> Bible talks about, and we're going to take a look at this tonight, the, the issue of a prepared heart prepared heart i I look back at the the night that i trusted christ as savior i was a teenager at the time and uh, the truth is i didn't just hear the gospel for the first time bow my head and trust christ as savior what god had done and i had responded to it is that he had started working on my heart and getting me ready for that night after I got saved, I looked back and thought and meditated about all the different things that God put me through so that I could, when I came to that point, I'd have a heart ready to receive the gospel. And, uh, and that night, I, I trusted Christ's Savior. Now, I, I could have said no, and I'm glad I didn't, uh, but, but, I, but, I, but I said yes to him. But it didn't just happen that night. Yes, I got saved that night, but there were there were literally years of preparation that was going on inside of my heart, and I didn't even realize it at the time. One of the things, and, and I've mentioned this before, but when I was in high school, uh, we used to uh, we had a we had a uh, I was in choir for two years, I believe it was, and uh, we had a choir director who absolutely loved Handel's Messiah. And so she would, she would have us sing portions of Handel's Messiah for various concerts. Uh, I had the privilege of, of uh, uh, singing in an all-county choir where uh, we sang the Hallelujah Chorus. We sang it with the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra backing us up. Uh, at the time, I was not saved. I had no idea that what I was doing while I was singing that music was was memorizing the king james bible and putting it to music and singing it and singing it over and over and over and you know what that was doing i was getting my heart ready to get say i'd love to to know how many of the kids that were in that choir eventually came to know christ as savior i'll bet there's a few of them Uh, one of them was mike griffey uh, who led singing here for for many years? Uh, he was he was in that choir as well, and I believe God used those things to prepare our hearts. Now, why is a prepared heart so important? Uh, preparation is is a, a vital facet of everyday life. Uh, you know, before be, before you got to where you are right now. I mean, right now, today. Uh, you did some things behind closed doors. You, uh, you know, took a shower. You shaved. Uh, you five-year-olds didn't shave. I hope not, not yet. But, uh, but, but you showered. You, you, your hair doesn't look like it looked when you first got up this morning. Praise the Lord. At least I hope not. <clears throat> of course, some, some of you folks maybe are sloughing off because you're at home and you're not here. I don't know, yeah. but <laughs> that's a possibility. But. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you had to do some preparation to get ready for the day. Pre- uh, you know, preparation is a is is a part of our lives every single day. Um, before you uh, do any kind of physical, uh, you know, strenuous physical activity, uh, if you do exercises, if you run. Uh, anything like that, uh, the average person that does those things, before they do those things, does some stretching exercises. Why? Because you're preparing. You're getting ready uh, for the event that you're about to participate in or the thing that you're about to do. Um, Whenever my my wife cooks, she doesn't just grab a hold of the food and throw it on the table. She prepares it you know she'll she'll uh she'll season it she'll she'll well she'll take it out of the freezer possibly uh and uh and and let it thaw and then then season it and then uh cook it for a certain amount of time uh in various ways and then place it on the table well what you see on the table is the finished product and that's wonderful but there was preparation that went into that we we uh, did takeout today and we went to a restaurant here in town and picked up uh, a bunch of stuff. I had, a, I had a, I'll tell you, I had a stuffed pork chop. It was a double pork chop that had been cut in the middle and had a, a whole bunch of stuff and shoved in the middle of it. Gravy poured all over it. Oh man, it was, it was delicious. Uh, I, 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 you say, how much of it did you eat? What do you think? I ate it all. and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really good. But you know there was a lot of preparation that went into the presentation to me before I got it. Uh, someone had to had to prepare. Um, we are we are in planting season, and before you can just grab a bunch of seeds and throw them into the ground, there's got to be some preparation. The, the The ground has to be worked up. I don't do it anymore, but but years ago, then. Uh, some time ago we used to have a garden I remember when we were living in Western New York we had a huge garden it had the biggest garden we've ever had and uh, uh, but before we could plant the seeds and before we could you know harvest the crops we had to we had to first prepare the ground the ground had to be ready it just didn't throw the seeds on hard ground uh, when it comes to uh, work and it comes to a vocation, depending upon what kind of vocation you're in. uh, It doesn't make, really, it doesn't make any difference what kind of job you're involved with. There had to be some kind of training, some kind of preparing for you. For some, there's, there's more than others. But you didn't just walk into the job cold turkey and just start doing it. Somebody had to prepare you. Get you ready. Sometimes it means education. Sometimes it means a, a certain type of vocational training. Uh, sometimes it means just spending weeks of instruction, of getting used to the routine. But there's preparation. Preparation is a part of life. Here's, here's my question to you. What are you doing on a daily basis to make sure your heart is prepared for what God's got for you for the day or for the week, for the month or for the year. When we got done with the month of January and February, we had no idea this year, really, uh, what in the world we were going to be walking into in March and April and May. We really didn't, we had no idea. Can I tell you something? Uh, And I'm not saying this because I'm I'm spying on people. I just know people. I know me. Some folks had a prepared heart ready for it. You know, uh, you didn't see it coming, but your heart was ready. And other folks in our church did not have a prepared heart for it. And, and that's not just true with our church, that's true with every church. And I don't have even anybody specifically in mind. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying I know people. And, and if your heart was prepared, you've handled this pretty well. You probably had some bumps along the way, but overall, you've handled it well. If your heart is, ha- wasn't prepared, you did not handle it well. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 12. In 2 Chronicles 12, I want you to look with me down in verses 13 and 14. 2 Chronicles 12, verses 13 and 14, it's speaking about uh, King Rehoboam. And it said, so King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and 40 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah and Ammonitus. I want you to notice verse 14. And he did evil. He was an evil king. He was a nasty king. He was a rotten king. Why? It says, he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. According to that verse, no preparation in the heart equals a default to evil. By the way, you're no different than King Rehoboam. (laughs) I'm no different than King Rehoboam. If our hearts aren't properly prepared, we will be inclined to evil. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. So if if we don't purposely prepare the heart, the default uh, setting is automatically a downward default. And and we we find ourselves involved in things that God did not want us to be involved in. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter chapter 19. 2 Chronicles 19, and look with me in verses 1 through 3. 2 Chronicles 19, verses 1 through 3, it says, In Jehoshaphat the king of Judah returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem, and Jehu the son of Hanani." The seer went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. In other words, he he he, he had he had his values all messed up. He was uh, he was enjoying the ungodly and having a problem with those that, that love God. And uh, verse 3 says, Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek the Lord. Now, what that tells you is that a prepared heart does not mean that you'll never do evil. But a prepared heart is absolutely necessary. Go with me to chapter 30, same book. And look in verses 13 through 20. Chapter 30, and verses 13 through 20. Verse 13 says, And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the, the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away and cast them into the brook Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites." For, they, they, for there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for every one that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Isachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves. Yet did they eat the Passover? Uh, otherwise, than it was written, but Hezekiah, prayed for them saying the good lord pardon everyone pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek god the lord god of his fathers uh, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary and the lord hearkened to hezekiah and healed the people now right there it's it, it, it in both of those uh, passages of scripture The implication is is that there was mercy shown on people that even though they did some things that they should not have done, because they prepared their hearts, God showed them mercy. Man, I'll tell you, there's one thing I want to have and one thing I need on a daily basis. I need as much of the mercy of God as I can get a hold of. And by the way, you need it too. And again, because our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and who can know it? But but because of that, it is so essential that we prepare our hearts. And again, that does not mean that you'll never do wrong. It doesn't mean that you'll never stumble. It doesn't mean you won't make wrong decisions. But listen, when God's looking to show mercy on somebody, He's going to show mercy on a person who's tried to prepare their heart to serve Him, and not show mercy. And that's what the implication is here: not show mercy on those who do not prepare their hearts. Uh, Second Chronicles, go backwards a little bit to chapter 20. 2 Chronicles 20. And look with me down in verse 33. 2 Chronicles 20, 33. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now, again, here's the connection that seems to be being made. He says, "Howbeit the high places were not taken away for, in other words, because, as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. A, uh, a, a prepared heart helps you detect and remove high places in your heart. Uh, we all have them. We've got areas where we think we're all that in a bag of chips. We, we, we have areas in our heart where, where there's pride. I think pride is one of the, one of the, the biggest enemies of holiness in our personal lives. And, and oftentimes, we'll, 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 be, we'll be full of pride and not even know that we're full of pride. Other people will see it, but we won't even see it. And, and the reason why that, that, that pride takes place, those high places in our, in our hearts, is because we've not prepared our hearts. A prepared heart makes us sensitive to sin. That's the implication here. When your heart's prepared, you see the high places. You understand. I mean, not just see them, but you know they're wrong. Uh, you may take out some idols. You may take out some things that you, that that shouldn't be there, uh, but what you're doing is you're taking care of the surface problem, but you're not taking care of the root problem. And I see that all the time. I see that in my own life all the time. Where I, you know, I, I'm picking fruits instead of pulling roots. Why is that? Well, because my heart's not where it ought to be. I haven't taken time. And and by the way, this is this responsibility is all on you. <laughs> This responsibility is all on me as individuals. If we don't have a prepared heart, you can't blame anybody but yourself. If your heart's prepared, it's because you did it on purpose. And if it's not prepared, it's because you did not do it on purpose. They took out the idols, but they often left the high places. Uh, And again, they took out the things that were obvious but those high places should have been taken out as well. And they did not do so. They took care of the fruit, but they didn't take care of the root. And, and humility is a is an absolute essential when it comes to serving the Lord. However, again, you don't just stumble on being humble. And I didn't mean that as a, as a, as a rhyme, but it's true. Boy, I tell you what, I'm so good, I do it by default. Uh, <laughs> You don't just stumble at being humble. You don't. It's it's because you've you've prepared your heart on purpose. Go with me over to the book of James. Put put one finger in, in James 4 and another one in Psalm 10. James 4 and Psalm 10. James chapter 4. I want you to look with me down in verses 6 through 10. As soon as I get there, we'll all read it together. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. It says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Man, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be at the place where God's resisting me, where I'm going down the path and God's pushing in the other direction. I don't want that. He resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And again, if you notice, the first move is up to us. We need to do the humbling. We need to do the, the drawing nigh. Uh, the Bible talks about, in several different places, particularly in the New Testament, it talks about humble yourselves before God. It's, it's, a, it's a specific act. How does that humility take place? It takes place because we working on a prepared heart. A prepared heart will be a, a heart that has some humility in it. Go with me to Psalm 10. Psalm 10, look down at verse 17. It says, Lord thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou will prepare their heart. Thou will cause thine ear to hear. Uh, when we humble ourselves because our heart is prepared, God does some more preparing. Uh, God will prepare our heart. But again, if we don't take the, the first step and, and uh, make sure that our hearts are, are prepared to serve him, then he won't take the next step. Um, there's a there's a, a purpose of a prepared heart. Go with me to uh book of Ezra, chapter seven. Ezra chapter seven. Ezra's just before the book of Nehemiah, Ezra 7. And look with me, if you would, down down in verse, down in verse 10. It says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now, it says that that, uh, Ezra prepared his heart. What did he prepare his heart to do? Well, first of all, he prepared his heart to seek the law. In other words, to find out what's right to find out what I'm supposed to do, to find out what I'm not supposed to do, to find out what I'm supposed to think, to find out what I'm not supposed to think, to find out what my values ought to be, to find out what my values ought not to be. He sought the law of the Lord. Uh, he, He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And secondly, he prepared his heart to do the law of the lord in other words it's not enough to know it you better obey it you better do something with it and then last of all to teach the law of the lord in other words show others you can't show somebody else something about how to live for god unless you've been there yourself And so, the purpose of one of the purposes of preparing our hearts is to prepare our hearts so that we can seek the the law, do the law, and teach the law. Now, there's there's a prerequisite of a prepared heart. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 7 and look with me in verse 3. 1 Samuel 7. There are some prerequisites. 1 Samuel 7 and verse 3 says, and Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. The first thing we need to do is we need to put away other gods. What you know, you say, well, I have no idols. You know, I don't. I don't have. I don't have any other gods. Listen, a god is just anything that comes between you and God. You know, if if a job is keeping you from serving God, then that job becomes your god. If a family member uh, prevents you from serving God the way that you should, uh, because because your heart is more and your desires are more with that family member than they are with God, then that, that family member becomes a God. Uh, Bible says we need to put away God's and get rid of anything that comes between you and God, whether it's, whether it's friends, whether it's your image and your reputation, your occupation, your desires, uh, your fears uh, of others, your hobbies, your sports, uh, your schedule, your own ideas. There might be a sin, there might be some a sin or maybe sins in your life that, that you know, the sin that doth so easily beset us, whatever that may be for you, that uh, keeps you uh, from from uh, uh, having a prepared heart and being inclined to the things of God. Uh, make sure, first of all, we put away those, those things that, that that hinder us from serving the Lord with a a whole heart. And secondly, decide to serve God alone. And that's what what he he told the people. He says, listen, you need to decide you're going to serve God alone, not God and anything, but just God alone, that he becomes the focal point of your life. And then thirdly, and we've already talked about this, having a humble heart. You know what a humble heart is? Humble heart's a teachable heart. A humble heart is a heart that listens to the things of God. A humble heart is one that takes a uh, proverbial slap in the face. It may not be a literal slap, but, but it's a rebuke. It's a reproof. It's a correction. Uh, when we have a humble heart, we take it. <laughs> when we don't have a humble heart, we fight it and we don't take it at all uh, there's things that that hinder that humility and things like bitterness and anger uh, a heart bent on its own ways instead of god's ways uh, stubbornness rebellion all those things can prevent us from from having a, a humble heart now what are some practical ways and i, I end in the message with this what are some practical ways that we can prepare our hearts on a regular basis um, you know, here's a question I have for you. <clears throat> before we came together for church, and I say together, <laughs> we're together all over the place is where we are. Uh, but before you came to this service, before you came to the service this morning, let me ask you this, what did you do to prepare yourself? You said, well... <laughs> First of all, I got out of bed. Well, that's very commendable of you. Uh, secondly, you say, well, well, I, you know, I got cleaned up and I, I, I had breakfast. And uh, okay, what did you do to get your heart ready? You know, sometimes we get we get this idea that when it 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 comes to church and Sunday school, Wednesday night prayer meeting, uh, whatever it might be, all we have to do is just show up. If we show up, we should get a pat, pat on the back and a little badge that we can put on our, you know, on our lapel. Uh, no, 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 no. Just showing up is great. I'm glad you know, when, when we're able to gather back together again, and I can't wait for that day to come, but when we get to, to do that, that'll be great to have you here. But what did you do to get ready for being here? You know, what preparations did you make? Here's some practical things you can do to prepare your heart. First of all, spend time alone with God. Spend time alone with God daily. Spend time in the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. Let God speak to you through His Word, and then you speak to God in prayer. Another thing you can do to prepare your heart, meditate. And I don't mean, you know, putting your hands in a funny position and, and going, hum and crossing your legs. Man, if I had to cross my legs to meditate, I'd be in real trouble. I don't think I'd ever get back up again. Uh, <laughs> but, but, the, but the truth is, meditation is just thinking on mulling over two things, the Word of God and the works of God. Uh, what, what God has said in His Word that, that you need to focus on, and then what god has done in your life uh, i'm i am i am so convinced that oftentimes we 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 don't see god in our lives on a daily basis because we don't look for god uh in our lives on a daily basis so meditate on the words and the works of god and and while you're doing that incline your mind to think on solutions to problems in your life rather than just the problems themselves if you're not careful, you're gonna do what I've done several times during these last eight weeks, okay? This is confession time. I, I just, I, I, I absolutely hate wearing them stinking masks. I do. I, I, in fact, I've, I've gone fewer places the last few weeks, just because ever since uh, our wonderful governor uh, said that uh, we all had to, had to wear masks uh, when we went out in public and uh and i i've just not enjoyed it you know why because what i've done and i and i realize this now i i've just focused on the negatives of the mask uh rather than focus on what's the solution what, what well i know i know the solution let's get healthy and let's do it quick but uh there, there are there are there are uh, solutions to those problems, things that we can that we can think on, uh, rather than just just grumbling and complaining about the problem. So meditate on the works of God and on the Word of God. Then, thirdly, be faithful to church services. And I know you, we can't meet together physically, but we can meet together like this. And I think it's important. I I've noticed the numbers on, on uh, the YouTube channel have been very, very consistent, and uh, you know, and I, I don't take attendance and never have. Even when, you, when you, we were all here, I didn't take attendance. But uh, uh, I found the folks that had a heart that was prepared for God were, were here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They came to Sunday school. They came to regular uh, church service on Sunday morning. They came on Sunday night. They come on Wednesday night. When there's something special going on, they show up for that. When there's special meetings, they show up for that. And, and, and don't just be faithful. Don't just show up again. Prepare. Get your heart prepared. Uh, and then when you're here, God will do some more preparation for your heart. Uh, the fourth thing that we need to do is to, to listen to the right kind of music. Listen to godly music. Uh, Sing godly music. You know, you don't have to have the music on all the time. You just have to have the music in your heart all the time. Singing and making melody, the Bible says, in your heart to the Lord. Have have you ever had this happen? This goes on with me all the time. I'll I'll listen to something. uh, oftentimes, Oftentimes it's in the morning. Uh, many times it's 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 on the way to church on a Sunday morning, and the very last song that I sing that I that I listen to, just kind of sticks in my heart. And uh, Adam's smiling because uh, he's had the same thing happen, and you can't get get rid of that thing. It's just there. And uh, you you go to do something, you find yourself humming it, you find yourself singing it. Uh, why, well, why is that? Because you've been listening to the right stuff, and your heart's attuned to it. That's a good thing. Okay, and one of the things that you know—that's why I am so thankful—not just for the special music we've had the last few few weeks, but—and uh, by the way, anybody else that would like to do special music, it's not limited just to the folks that have been up here. Uh, if if you would like to come in and do that, just just get a hold of uh, Aaron Beam. He'd be more than happy to, to uh, talk with you about that and schedule you to do some special music. And I'm serious, really. Uh, it doesn't just have to be the, the faithful few that we've had. Uh, they're doing it because nobody else is doing it. And that's the only reason why. You know, it's not the Miller Dunbar show around here. <laughs> it really, I thought about that today when I when I was uh, listening to the various special music that we have. Uh, have a part. Jump in. The water's warm, okay? Help us out on that thing. But boy, music really does something to prepare our hearts. Another thing that uh, we need to do to prepare our hearts is to surrender to human authority. Don't kick and buck every time somebody tells you to do something that you don't like. Whether it be parents at home talking to you because you're the kid and they're the parent whether it be a, a teacher at school whether it be a boss at work whether it be someone else who has you know honestly uh, uh you know we're hearing from governor cuomo every single day i get a, I get a bless his heart he loves me so much he sends me emails daily with my name on it wow i can't believe he takes that much time he doesn't but <laughs> but uh, but uh listen Mo- much of the time, the things he says, I don't really care for. I just don't. But you know what? He's my governor. He's my governor. And if all I do is sit there and grit my teeth and grind my teeth and get upset and, man- that's not a pre- that doesn't do a thing to prepare your heart. It just doesn't. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree. you don't have to agree. but but you need to have a submissive heart to do that which God would have you to do with the human authorities. Obedience is, is a good habit because it prepares our hearts. Sixth thing is uh, protect your thought life. Protect what you see, protect what you read, protect what you hear. You've had a lot of free time. You know, and I, and I have been reading about folks doing a lot of binging lately. I hope you're binging on good stuff. Be careful. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you, what, what you uh, 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 read. Uh, be careful what's on the, on the computer screen. Why? Because that's going to affect every single thing you see, every thing, single thing you hear is going to affect your heart. It's going to affect it positively or it's going to affect it negatively. It's either going to prepare it to do right or it's going to hit the default button to do evil. Um, last thing is to be thankful. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 1. We'll close with this. Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, from, uh, from verse 21 to the end of the chapter, what he's describing here is, is a downward slide uh and it's a you know man who who's because their heart's not prepared uh just sinks down into the depths of evil and uh, verse 25 it says "Who changed the truth of god into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen for this cause god gave them up unto vile affections For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women uh, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. How'd they get there? How did our society get in the mess that it's in today? Uh, You know, our, our society has never been free from sin. But can I tell you something? There's a whole lot more open, rampant sin going on in America today than there was 50 years ago. Why is that? Well, if you go up to verse 21, I think it gives us the key. It says, "...because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations." and their foolish heart was darkened. When you when you when you don't glorify God in your life, what you're going to do is you're going to become unthankful. Be thankful. Start start making it a, a regular practice on a daily basis. Just thanking God for things. So oftentimes we when we go to prayer, we just we just go right to it. Lord, thank you for this, you know, we always thank him for the day, but beyond that usually doesn't go very far. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. Thankful for this. Boom! Right into it. Why don't you just spend about five or ten minutes just thanking God for what he's done for you? When we're we're thankful, when we protect our thought life, when we surrender to human authority, when we listen to godly music, when when we're faithful to church services and we get ready for them, get our hearts ready for them, when we meditate on the word and works of God and, and spend time alone with God in prayer and reading his word, those are all things that are used to prepare our hearts. But folks, it doesn't happen by default happens on purpose what are you going to do this next week to prepare your heart so that when God speaks to you when God prompts you when God leads you when God shows you something in his word when the spirit of God gives you a prompting about something in your life rather than ignoring that thing you're going to have a heart that's that's open to the things of God and that's ready and prepared for it and and therefore a whole lot more likely to do it simply because we've prepared our hearts let's do this let's all stand together and let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed i'll pray and then uh, we'll ask we'll we'll uh, Uh, begin the invitation and uh, ask you to consider the things that we've looked at this evening and make a decision today that you're going to do some things on purpose to prepare your heart to serve Him. Father, we want to thank You for the admonition we've gotten from Your Word. And Lord, uh, it's pretty obvious we don't prepare our heart to do right we're going to do evil by default. We're going to fly off the handle. We're going to have anger problems. We're going, to have, we're going to have a whole bunch of problems. And Lord, there's going to be times when you're going to be speaking to our hearts. And quite frankly, we can't even hear you. And the reason why we can't hear you is because our hearts are not tuned to the right channel. And uh, the truth is, uh, there's all kinds of, of uh, radio waves and TV waves and so forth that are going through the air right now. If we don't have a receiver to receive those waves, we won't hear them. God, I'm convinced you are, you are speaking to your people constantly. But sometimes we don't even hear you half the time because our heart's not prepared. We don't, our, our receiver isn't ready, sometimes not even turned on. We're certainly not tuned to the right channel. God, may we make some some definite decisions tonight that we're going to do some things daily to prepare our hearts to be able to, to serve you. Lord, again, that pride thing is huge in every one of our lives. And the person right now that's thinking in their own heart, well, it's not a problem with me, it's probably a huge problem and they just don't see it because they're proud of the fact that it's not their problem. So I pray, Lord, that you just work in our hearts tonight and help us to make some determinations, some specifics that we're going to do so that our hearts can be prepared so that when you speak to us, we'll have ears to hear. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Let's remain standing with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.